Hello, and welcome to the Oscar Went To, the podcast that looks back at a year in film and sees what films endured, what films didn't, and attempts to figure out why. Please give it up for your masters of ceremony, Max Salim and Nick Mestad. It does look similar. It's always like white walls and like well, well lit by natural light. Um, but you're in St. Paul. I do have, I, I, I'm in St. Paul, St. Paul, Minnesota. I have a lot of birds chirping. Love that. Next, uh, right out my window. Love Spring that. is here. Yes, And yes. Uh, I'm ready to talk some Donnie Darko with you, dude. Love it. I am as well. I am as well. I, uh... And... Go ahead. Well, this is this is uh, this is a this was some this was a deep dive that you were you were like we're doing this. Uh, well, yeah, because you may remember in um, was it the speed episode that you just casually I referenced Donnie Darko and you just casually were like, oh yeah, I've never seen that movie. Yes, I remember. I remember casually dropping that I'd never seen it and you being like blown away, which is that that's a great dynamic for a deep dive. I'm like that. So I've been excited to kind of dig into that, not Brit under that under that dynamic. All right, well let's uh, let's get into it. Hello and welcome to the Oscar went to this week as a supplement to our 2001 episode. We are getting our scuba gear on and doing a deep dive into the 2001 cult classic Donnie Darko, directed by Richard Kelly. I'm Max. I'm Nick. All right, let's get through uh, the housekeeping. On this podcast, we like to look back at a year in film and decide what has aged well and what hasn't and to try to figure out why. If this sounds interesting to you, jump back one episode in our feed and check out our recap of 2001 in film. And then after that recap, we like to jump in the depths and take a closer look at some of the films that piqued our interest from a given year. Our deep dive discussions are no holds barred, and we absolutely get into spoiler territory. So if you've never seen Donnie Darko before and you'd like to, this might not be a good starting episode for you. Go check out the movie and join us a few hours later. I guess we're kind of skipping the small talk today, but I'm yeah. uh, I'm I'm I just rewatched this yesterday, and I'm kind of dying to know mm-hmm. what your impression of this movie is, and and the reason I'm dying to know that is because I think my impression of it would be much different seeing it as a 34 year old in 2021 than it was seeing it as a 16 year old in 2003. Yes, absolutely. I- about about your reaction to this. Yeah, that that's the impression that I got based on like kind of the exuberance in which you expressed your your disbelief when I said I had never seen it. I watched this for the first time yesterday. I honestly my initial reaction, I watched it like yesterday around noon and the time since then kind of like, you know, reading up and doing my homework for this podcast was largely under the emotional cloud of like I don't want to show up to this podcast angry and confused. Uh the movie was I, I, I thought it was fine. My my general impression of this movie is that it's it's fine. The ending of it, um, the last you know whatever, ten minutes of it when it kind of reveals its hand, uh, definitely made me be like it. Definitely elevated the movie pretty significantly for me in terms of like okay, maybe I could rewatch this movie like. 
and, and reading up on it and I'm like I'm like what actually happened in the movie I like it a little bit more but I will say most of the the duration of this movie was spent with me being like what is what is this like it's like it felt like disparate elements that were all pretty weird they can't like worked together yes but like it, it, it I, I really like had to curb my like genuine reaction which was kind of just like exasperated sort of frustration of like what 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 is this um yeah so so, so yeah. i think that i'm 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 not surprised that you didn't love it like as i was mm-hmm. rewatching it i was like fuck i love this movie for a lot of nostalgic reasons and i'm mm-hmm. pretty sure nick is not gonna like this movie <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah but i would have i would have guessed that the that you enjoyed the 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 first 90 minutes more um soaking in the vibe of this of this setting and then became frustrated and annoyed with the last half an hour but it sounds like you had sort of an opposite experience yeah yeah i would say i like dislike pretty much there there are pockets of it that i that i i did like and the, you know the last 10 minutes are probably the 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 part of it that i enjoyed the most i will say the tone and reality of the movie I found really difficult to get into. I don't like the foreboding, like every character was like kind of foreboding and like, there's just like this like evil undertone to everything. Like the parent, even like the kind of like begin dinner scene we get with the family at the beginning of the movie, it's like the dad's eating like this like old slice of pizza. And like, it's just like the characters of it where it's like the parents themselves like feel like, their enemies like to to the protagonist like and like even the teachers like feel like even like his quote-unquote friends at the bus stop are like douchebags and like really mean and like everyone in the movie like is just like the whole tone of it is like i found really off-putting and like um i know it's super super intentional but like i just like did not dig the tone of this movie it reminded me of like like a sunday like a rainy Sunday and you have like school the next day and you have a bunch of homework and stuff. Like it was like, this is not, wow. not comfortable territory. Okay. So I, this is probably not super interesting fodder, but because I found myself so nostalgic about this movie, mm-hmm. I'm going to riff for Please. a second. On yeah. It. Yeah. And I also think it's relevant not to be like, I remember when I saw this movie, I liked it so much, but because I do think that, I, our age group is mm-hmm. like the perfect age for the, the, the timeline of this movie Yep, where it's like, it came out in 2001. So we were 14. Mm-hmm. And then, like I said, I saw it for the first time when I was 16 mm-hmm. and it's a great intro to profoundness. Yes. Yes. For a 16 year old. I have that written down. Yes. And it's like right around when you like, a lot of people, myself included, like start smoking some pot and mm-hmm. like start like having these more deep conversations, more reflection about like who you are, what your place in the world is. And it doesn't come to any profound conclusions, but it's really accessible, mm-hmm. first of all. Sure. Even if you don't get the movie, you can access the first 80 minutes pretty yep. easily. Yeah. And then... I just found that it's important for me um, because I feel like it was sort of responsible for like giving me the tool set I needed hmm. to then, you know, start to 
to scrape deeper into like the Mulholland drives and the yep. primers and the fight clubs and the space odysseys yep. and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I think that's part of my affection for this, for this movie. And I think that a lot of, you know, 16 to 19 year olds in 2003 to 2006 mm-hmm. had, had a similar experience. And that's why it's so lasting. I had the same, same thought. I was trying to think of like why this movie has endured or because, cause it is like the very definition of a, of a cult classic. Cause it wasn't successful in its theatrical run, but has like, it is a household name for like people of our generation. And it was like on the DVD shelf of every friend or college party that I went to in college um and i think just for that exact reason where it's like the introduction of like a movie that like oh there's like wait what was the meaning of that and the brain candy kind of like expansion of possibility of introduction to like the expansion of possibility of what like movies can do i feel like this movie is totally that and i think like the teen angst element of it is a huge factor in that where it's like you know people of our generation could identify with like oh yeah like kind of moody teen high school movie but it also happens to be about time travel and like you know the laws of physics and it, yeah it's it's yeah, yeah. and also it's like the, helps uh, that it's like um it's like it's not clear what happened but it's clear that it like if you researched it you you know it, you could you could figure it out so it's like fodder for for discussion i i i guess i sort of think about it as my gateway drug into my favorite genre of movies that's fair that's fair I yes and but I I really had a uh, I just yeah I I really had the feeling watching it yesterday like if I was seeing this through completely new eyes already experiencing so much of this mind bending genre that this wouldn't it it wouldn't really pack the punch it did as a sixteen year old so yeah 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 I uh, yeah I I mean one hundred percent it's like it it's I I do not knock that and that is like of tremendous value I think it's it, that's the heart of the reason why like me having not seen it it's like it just doesn't quite cut it I, I'm gonna give some broad brush strokes uh, on on this movie and yes. uh, it might this might not be super precise in its accuracy but I think it's like sort of capturing the way this movie came into existence okay. so this was released in two thousand one. Uh, it was released in January of 2001 at Sundance Film Festival. Richard January Kelly, 19th, the writer, my birthday. January 19th. We did we just have another January? But b- before sunrise, also, and I was like starting to view it like, oh man, like I have a great birthday, and I do, but it just happens to be that Sundance Film Festival is around the same time as my birthday. Yeah. All right. <laughs> um, so Richard Kelly it was 25 when he directed this movie. Wow. Pretty impressive. Very impressive. I think. Yeah, um, because it is a co- whether you like the mm-hmm. the vibe of this movie or not, it's a cohesive, coherent, for sure um, vision that's being executed. For sure, people really like it. It sounded like the script was really hot in Hollywood, and mm. with with good reason. Studios were pretty skeptical of handing uh, the the budget of this film over to a twenty five year old to direct. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drew Barrymore read the script and was largely responsible for securing financing for the film. Mm-hmm. And it was shot over 28 days, which is a pretty fast shoot for four and a half million dollars. And it grossed seven and a half million at the box office and was largely di- disappeared from, from pop culture for a couple years until it started getting 
some traction as as like a DVD rewatch. Mm-hmm. That that that's the that's the background of of the story. The most interesting part for me is that the kid was 25 years old when he yeah, directed it. That's insane. I mean, written and directed by a 25 year old is is extremely impressive for sure. Let's talk about some. I mean, you had to like some scenes in this movie, right? Do you have yeah. some? Yeah, I, I, I like there are a couple moments that I really enjoyed in the movie. I mean, like, again, because of the mood itself, I found like just not to be my cup of tea. It kind of made it hard. But like, you know, like the montage we get, uh, like when like we first like are introduced to the high school and it's a very like it reminded me of something that like a, like that sort of like I think it's like a one, like a one shot like one or if not, it's like it's made to look like that. Which is like the montage of like, you know, we get like the different people at school and then like the girls dancing and then like all this stuff like to the music. It was like it it was it was very like I kind of like at first was like, okay And then I like came around to it. It just like reminded me of like like something I would dream of like directing like that exact type of thing. If I, in my like early twenties or when I first like, you know, kind of like want to be like, I want to be a filmmaker. It's like that kind of like, yeah, like slow-mo, like long take through the hallways of a high school and like, you know, the stuff, but it was genuinely like cool. And I dug it. Um, I also seen is cool. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot. I I rewatched it a couple times on on this rewatch, uh-huh. and there's like just like it's it's full of nice details. It's not like yeah. gratuitous. Like oh yeah, let's just have like a cool one take mm-hmm. um, through the high school. But yeah, there's like a lot of there's like a lot of nice details if you start looking around the frame. Um, yeah, for sure. I dug that. I like. I don't know, man. I mean, this is kind of scrounging. The ending I liked a lot, like in terms of it just like revealing, like when it goes back to October 2nd, I dug that a lot. I was not expecting that. Uh, and it like just really aggressively reframes the entire movie and like what we've been watching. And that was unexpected and impressive. And I really dug that. Um, I guess I like if I had to pick, like I, I would say, like you know, like the maybe the first scene with Andrew Barrymore's like English class when they're talking about I think the Destructors is the name of the short story. I dug that scene when they're okay. watching. Yeah, I mean, like when they're watching the movie, when they're watching I think Evil Dead in theaters, and he like cuts away like that. That's like a nice like kind of it felt like iconic sort of like sequence, like when the you know Frank the Rabbit shows up when she's sleeping and he and they're talking in the theater. Like I did, I did. Like and he's that. like, why are you wearing that stupid man suit? Yeah. Dude, that was like <laughs> truly, that is like being uh, like, you know, smoking weed as a teenager watching that. I'd be like, holy shit, man. Um, yeah. So, so I'm not, yeah. Th- 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 but being truthful, it's like, that's sort of the extent of it. There wasn't like truthfully a sequence or a scene in this movie that stood out as like, I fucking love it. It was all with like the, at best it was, I was stuff. I was like sort of lukewarm on. Um, but I want to ask you wh- what scenes or moments you really dig. And sub question, were there scenes or moments when you first saw the movie that you were like blown away by specifically, if you remember? I think the head over heels scene kind of blew me away which we were just talking about mm-hmm. um the intro to the high school scene because it's just so it's so vibey and like have yeah. i have i rambled on to you about my idea my idea about nostalgia and popular culture uh we had this conversation i mean i feel like we talk about those two things all the time so it's, i don't i'm not sure like i think that undeniable like there's been a huge 80s thing right oh yes we have that talked happened about this, over yeah. the yeah okay mm-hmm. and so my 
my theory on that is that everybody, when they get into a position of creativity, they somehow fall back on nostalgia as a place of inspiration. Mm -hmm. And so it's no mistake that usually the trends of 20 to 30 years ago are, are what is at the forefront of pop culture because those people those people who were kids at the time are now in positions Damn. of like being creative directors or directors or theory. creatives. Yeah. yeah. And so they're in their mid thirties. And mm-hmm. I think this movie really kicked off the eighties revival in a lot of ways. And it makes sense because Richard Kelly was so early to the party being a 25 year old getting yeah. the opportunity to like have this type of outfit. Out, yeah. this type of output and I think that like dude Stranger Things is like way inspired by this I'm speculating I don't know this for sure 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 some of the mood of Stranger Things or just in general so and I think that that was really strong when I when I first saw this movie that like that that 80s punch where it's like this is this is a period piece like this is this is a period piece but it's like really recent too it's like the first period piece that I can somehow like place in my lifetime. Right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good call. That's a good call. I think like, yes, because I did have the question of like, why is this taking place in 1988? Why are we getting like, you know, presidential election like commentary or like subplot? Like that felt really arbitrary to me. But I think you're totally right where it's like if he's 25 when he makes this in 2000, 2001. That means like these are his like very impressionable 1988 he was probably extremely impressionable and the sponge and naturally is going back to that in terms of like telling a story about high school i will also i will contest though i don't think this like started that 80s boom just because it feels like because stranger things is like comes out like 10 to 15 years later but like i think like because he was so young it is like sort of an ahead of its time so in that way of like you know by and large the people that are you know in power and in their heyday in like media and and society are are still like people in like you know who grew up in the seventies or whatnot, um, but I think yes, you're totally right. Like this was like an early sign of of someone that like kind of ahead of his time or kind of getting getting to the punch a little earlier than his contemporaries in terms of getting this like in you know intentional or not nostalgia and like me you know story set in the eighties. All right, I'll yeah, I'll buy that. Maybe not a trendsetter, but but ahead of the curve on mm-hmm. this aesthetic. That's mm-hmm. become really prevalent. For sure. Um, I really like the bus stop scene. Bro. Like sort of like a scene of levity. Like, <laughs> yeah, Okay. So there's just like, the, the, this like gets at like, there, there are just like strands in this movie that are just like, it, 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 like, it didn't sit well with me. The disparate sort of, it reminded me of Magnolia in a certain way where it was just like, there are there are very different strands and very different characters and it feels like too unconnected to me um like and this was one of them where it's like so we have this like th- who's this girl that they like are really mean to and then like dances like at the end and is unappreciated and then has like the i i i i admittedly definitely miss something with her storyline but like what's her deal like why is she there it's like they're super mean to her it didn't feel good and then like it just kind of feels like she's like she has a storyline but it like i it didn't like resonate with me in terms of like how it connected to everything do you are you able to answer this i mean i don't know that it i don't know that it like directly connects to anything but i do think the movie does a good job of like 
of of fleshing out a lot of these like side characters that by the end of the movie you're like oh yeah I've seen this like little kid like four times and he somehow has like a a a place in this even though if he's not like directly affecting or or yeah. impacting the story well okay but the, but but uh, and I'm fine like it's fine to like give like a little vignette or like have care I like that fleshed out like background world so it feels like a fuller world but it's like if you're not gonna like show me or make me feel how that connects to like the larger theme or story it's like why is this in here it's either a movie that's like snapshots or lyrical in that way or it's like serving the bigger story or themes of the movie and it didn't connect like the same with like the Patrick Swayze character of like what what is this like what this like motivational speaker who's like turns out to be a pedophile so Donnie Darko burning his home down is like justified it's like it just felt like so disparate and so radically like specific in a way that wasn't like it felt like there were like four or five different like characters or like plot lines in this movie that were like what is this doing in here and like how does this connect this feels like like it's from a different movie or needs to be just kind of like finessed to be like more in this reality and this like bus stop scene specifically this this girl character is just like what what what's going on here like yes i enjoy seeing like a a character fleshed out but like it didn't i just couldn't help but wonder why like it, it felt like it was it wasn't like justified. I guess it's just like I, horror movies, and this does lean into like a a little bit of like yeah. some horror tropes. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like this is a, a a a like a common technique where like after kind of a the scariness of the night, you get these like super bright, super green, like suburban idyllic scenes, and I think this is like yeah. I mean, it's just there is texture to like paint the picture of this like little town where the kids are like. The kids are like racist and spoiled, and mm-hmm. I—I I mean, I just—I like that scene mostly for at the end of it when his like his punk friend, who they sort of like revere Donnie, which is also like a funny, nice little touch, I think. Okay, is yeah. like they're they're smoking a cigarette, and he he's like, "This is good shit, huh?" <laughs> and Donnie's like, "It's a fucking cigarette." Yeah, <laughs> and then it cuts away. Sure, I, like I laughed. Part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I, I laughed at that. Yeah. Well, it, 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 it's just like it's like those those friends, and specifically this introductory scene to those friends, like fits into the point larger point like contention I had with it. One of the larger contentions I had with the movie, where it's just like it's tough, like. Like I, I know it's intentional, like the foreboding reality that's created and tone that's created in this movie that is intentional. But like, I just don't like, it's like, I don't like it when it's like, it's just harder to get into. It just feels like it like nastier when it's like, and that's fine. That's a type of movie. But I did find myself like, even I think within that reality, it's just like, I don't like it when it's like, no one is really like, everyone is kind of mean and evil. And like, even his like best friends are like, in this first scene, they're like really racist to this like girl and like are just like assholes. And it's just like, well, what's going on here? Like, why is he, why is Donnie friends with these dudes? Like everyone is like, and this is maybe something that is in horror movies where it's like the reality itself is like, it's like the type of people that you would expect to get like killed by the slasher in the movie, but there's no slasher in this movie. That's what it is. That is what the closest I can come to it, where it feels like a movie populated by people that are set up to be disliked so that you like when they're killed by the slasher, uh, you're you're like, okay, yep, that's why they're killed. And there's no slasher in this movie. It's just like a bunch of like really mean people. Well, I just think it's like it's it's in it's in the 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 vibe of a horror movie in mm-hmm. the sense that like the the reality is like more scary than the horror part 
is, and that's what it's trying to do a okay. little bit here. Okay. I I guess I'm like I'm just like I can I can get behind that. I'm not fully sold on it. I know it's intentional, and I it doesn't quite like sit well with me. And and maybe it's just like a personal taste thing where it's like I it's just not you know it's not my cup of tea. Maybe I, th- I think it is a personal taste thing a little yeah. bit because I I think if. I'm not prepared for this, but if we, you could find examples where, where this type of setting works in movies. Absolutely. I mean, to be clear, I like, I really enjoy horror and like, and it does, it is the reality of a horror movie. It's just like without the slasher that kind of like shows everything. And I will say like in horror movies that have this like type of reality where it's like a bunch of like mean characters and mean parents and like teachers who are like at best sort of like, ambivalent to the main character it's like i i generally don't like that because it just feels like nightmarish it feels like sad and like you know bad which is the way it's constructed i just like it doesn't i think it's not my my cup of tea yeah it's supposed to be nightmarish yeah i I think that's what it's supposed to be and and donnie's supposed to be a bit of a like a holden caulfield like guy yeah like does anyone else not see the nonsense happening around me from this patrick swayze evangelical yeah guy to my horrible best friends to my disconnected parents to my sister doing in fucked up sparkle motion so yeah yeah it's all like a contribution i think Mm -hmm. Um, and i'm not trying to make excuses for it but no 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 i can buy that i think i can can buy that yeah i I think it's it's more just like uh your taste not matching the film than the film an issue with the film itself yeah i can buy that i can buy that uh, what else you got for um, scenes moments? I don't know if I have that much more interesting stuff to talk about. I really like the I really like the opening shot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that is nice. It's like that long steady cam shot of him waking up in the road, mm-hmm. and then you really like you really have a sense whether you like the whether you like the style of the film or dislike the style of the film. The film is like kind of like laying it all out on the table for you in the first three minutes. You know a lot about this town. You know a lot about these these characters and um yeah so I, I i like that i think it's like a really strong opening few minutes of the movie yeah i can get behind that let's move on to yeah a another thing i want to talk about where i think the cast of this movie is like yeah really um insane good and mm-hmm. it and it also is like a big contribution to the the, the the staying power it has because it has like a lot of like really does. young good mm-hmm. talent in it yeah and, and like and like established talent too at the time like i was very surprised to see patrick swayze in this movie I had no idea surprised to see drew barrymore in this movie it was nice to see noah wiley in this movie uh seth rogan's uh, dude yeah what happened to noah noah wiley i don't know man that guy's that guy's awesome yeah I mean, I think this is like heyday of ER for him, if not like right before that. So it's yep. like he's around. Yeah, he's yep. a great, great, great dude and uh, great in this movie. But yeah, um, also Seth Rogen's debut. Catherine Ross. Catherine, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Is Catherine Ross his girlfriend? No, Catherine Ross is the um, his shrink. I would. I didn't recognize her. The she. Have you seen The Graduate? Yeah. She's the young woman in The Graduate. Wow, really? Damn. Yeah. Incredible. Jenna Malone, I think, is kind of great in this movie. Yeah, yeah, she's great. She's great. It's not a huge part, but she, like, really, like, pulls off, like, this sort of, like, 
weird, homely, new girl, but you can also mm-hmm. totally understand how you'd like fall in love with her. And yeah, I, yeah. I think, she, I, I think the performances across the board and then Jake Gyllenhaal, who like, I guess is probably an A, you'd consider an A-lister now. Now for um, sure. Yeah. He's great. Yeah. To, to see, to see him at, at this kind of young age, like breaking out of his like true, like youthful roles. I love to touch how his sister is his sister in the movie. For sure. For sure. Well, I mean, this is because I think like October Sky was maybe his first like big lead. And that came out in 99. And he plays kind of, and this reminded me of like, uh, like this is like Tim Burton's October Sky is is what Donnie Darko (laughs) is. Or it's just like prodigy uh, high school student and uh, who's really into things that involve flight, I suppose. Yeah, there's a lot of Spielberg, like a lot of like fucked up Spielberg in this too. I also I had Tim. Like. I also had Tim Burton's ET. I wrote down, but I felt like that was like okay. a more of a stretch. But definitely, yeah, where it's like a an alien creature or you know an omniscient the, a bond between like a very intimate personal bond between a young kid and a like kind of magical creature. I like it. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Spielberg quality for sure, and I think that has to do with like the Midwestern ten because this takes place in it's in Virginia. It says got it. Okay. Um, I sort of like the facelessness of the town. Yeah, I, I've, but it says a name. It it says like a, a, a like location at the beginning of the movie. I thought, and I thought it was like Florida. Am I making? This I think up? it's Middlesex, Virginia, is the setting. Word. I don't know where they actually shot okay. it, but okay. Yeah, I, I I found it like I thought that it had said the location, so the the kind of facelessness of the setting kind of was took me out of it slightly because it was I thought it was something I had missed, but if it is intentional, I don't mind that. And uh, I think that has to do like the, at least the like kind of like everywhere USA quality of this is the Spielberg part of the Spielberg. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. Also, Drew Barrymore. So I do want to say like that. So Noah Wiley and Drew Barrymore are like the the t- kind of teacher characters. Well, two of like the nice teacher characters in this movie. But they're both like seemingly like really unhappy and like kind of mean even to Donnie like no Wiley helps him with like the information about like the time travel book or whatever but Drew Marymore is like is like kind of like it's there's there are weird moments in this movie man and like <laughs> like the like when the new girl shows up and she's like sit next to the person you find the cutest and it's like okay <laughs> like what is this like it is, it, there there are weird moments in it, and like and then, yeah. Now maybe I'm going off a little bit into into this is why we can't have nice things. So I'll I'll close my mouth and save it. I, yeah, again, there are weird moments in this, and and Donnie doesn't really have a true besides Gretchen. He doesn't have like a true ally yeah. in this movie. Yeah, the teachers I think are intentionally a bit um, unhappy, jaded, uh, scared to. Um, scared to indulge these conversations with Donnie too Mm -hmm. much. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a good call. That's a good call. It's going back to the intentional intentionality of it where it is intentional. And maybe I just like immediately knee jerk was like, I don't like that. The teachers aren't supportive and nice. (laughs) (laughs) We criticize the black and white nature of the bad guys in, in Braveheart last time we spoke. Yeah. The bad guys in this movie are also pretty black and white mean <laughs> like seth rogan and his like oh sidekick dude it's so funny to see seth rogan as anything but a like lovable like relatable like kind of loser character 
he's good in it though i think he's, he's good. good he is good i dig him for sure it's just like funny it's like, like it's just like he's so lo- like stab what? your mom <laughs> and the fact that like yeah and the fact that like the punishment for that is like hey you're out of the classroom and it's just like it's like what this um, ain't rosemount minnesota nick dude this is like a jaded fucked up little town hey rosemount this is commonplace this dude just has like uh switchblades in their pocket they're doing like coke before class like yeah i mean i guess i guess it, it, yes it goes back to like the I, I i just don't like the reality of this movie also his name is donnie darko it's like let's not forget that that's a little stranger like who who do you know that's the last name of darko like it's just like that like i don't know that doesn't feel it feels like a little like amateur he is sort of like, she's like, you sound like a superhero. And he is sort of like a weird anti-superhero of this yeah. of this world. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's like an unbreakable vibe to this movie for sure. Like the movie Unbreakable. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't really have an issue with the Donnie's name. Yeah. I get, I don't know. You're, I mean, that is somewhat like the reference like self-referential quality of it in the movie is like fine i don't know it, it, it just like every time they said it i was kind of like eh, i don't know but did did you find frank to be scary um i would have i think i mean like not not i mean it's so like the imagery is like so like well known at this point that like it wasn't surprising i was kind of felt like jaded to it i'm also like 34 and kind of like yeah, yeah yeah um i could see it's creepy it's creepy I think like not knowing anything about the movie and like seeing it at a younger age or even now, if you don't know much about it, it's creepy for sure. Yeah. It didn't, it didn't bother me cause I'm brave and mature, but <laughs> no, it is, it, it, it I, is creepy. I remember being freaked out by it. Yeah. By no, I, I, I was first. Absolutely. Is. It is creepy. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm truthfully, I'm like kind of biting my tongue until we get to like, this is why we can't have nice things. Cause I, I'm like kind of, spilling over into that with everything i say i feel like okay well hold on let me let me just scroll for a second here and then it sounds like you're you have a uh, a lot of this is why we can't have nice things so we should definitely set aside some some time to talk about that um <laughs> yeah. do you feel like you get the movie um i'm starting to i did after like reading the plot synopsis on wikipedia this morning i got it a lot more than i did um I will say I wouldn't be like claim to be an authority on this movie by any means, but I like, I feel like I, my head is like somewhat understands generally what happened. I imagine like you being like a teenager when you saw this with like, I imagine a group of friends and this being like what I can only assume is like major discussion fodder. You, you know, this, what ha- like the kind of the sign or the, what happened in this movie pretty thoroughly. Well, I, I think there's a little, I think there's, there's some intentional ambiguity to what happened. I think it's it's meant to yeah. spur conversations that don't necessarily have a super clear answer. So I'm not trying to like like flex and be like, oh yeah, yeah. I get this movie so well. No, no, but no. But like, I think that the, the movie is intentionally ambiguous and it and it's meant to to start conversations mm-hmm. about interpretation of what happened. But what's really interesting about it is that I remember when you when I when I saw this for the first time. This was like I'm not saying the internet didn't exist, but it didn't exists mm. in the way it exists now yeah. where you can just like find endless content and, and interpretation about yeah. films and so it was it was kind of the only thing you could do was go rewatch it and i remember i, I remember i saw it 
And Blockbuster only had one copy of this next to my house. And it took me like four <laughs> tries before they had it back in stock. That's fun. That's fun. That's fun. That's fun. Yeah. And can be that. I mean, that is, we are referencing like, I think a major factor in its cult status. Cause that like, kind of like, Hey, what is this movie about? Like, I need to rewatch it. I need to rent it. Cause this is like, Hey day of DVDs for sure. It's worth noting. Yeah. Where it's like 2001 is like DVDs are this brand new cutting edge way of watching movies. And yeah. And so that makes complete sense of like, oh, it's not in, got to, you know, many people, not only anyone who's like, either people want to see it for the first time and people who have seen it want to rewatch it. That's huge. And and there just weren't resources. There weren't books or, or, or like webs. Mm-hmm. Like the, the only, the, I mean, maybe this is sort of an obvious point, but I guess I just like really like the idea of like, you don't just have like a, a, a tre- treasure chest of, explanation about this it's like you're thinking about that movie still well you know what you can do you can rewatch it yeah and think about it some more and I, sure. I sort of like miss that um not instant satiation um yes instant gratification uh, on this type of film for sure there's like the mystery quality of it is like vast and like very appealing in that context for sure Maybe this isn't uh, news to anyone, but it's it's something that maybe, even though I've seen this movie probably like a dozen times, came mm-hmm. across for the first time yesterday, is mm-hmm. Frank Donnie's sister's boyfriend? Yep. Okay. For some reason, I never made this connection. I thought Frank was oh. just like part of the gang, you know, like just a faceless person in the gang. But then I, um, yeah, somehow when she was like, Where's Frank? I just was like, oh, that's like her boyfriend. Yeah. And I, what I like about that is that when the jet engine falls into the house, which is a really good scene too, actually. I think it's really good when she comes home and uh, the dad is like on the couch watching TV and the way they show the jet engine with like the chandelier um, shaking mm-hmm. uh, is a nice scene. But it, it made me think like, oh, she's probably just got dropped off by Frank because she kind of comes in like swooning a little bit yeah and uh, I thought that was a nice touch okay interesting yeah because I had to look up like who Frank was because I like recognized him like what you know obviously once Donnie like shoots him and he's you know is the you know missing an eye like he is in the movie theater but and so like it wasn't until I looked up on Wikipedia I was like oh he's like he's he's the sister's boyfriend but i i don't know i mean yes it's like that is like i guess nice in terms of it's like i guess using like you know it's folding back on itself and like using elements that are already in the movie but i'm like why i don't i mean here's the thing it's like that doesn't feel like um that feels very intentional on the part of the movie for sure it doesn't feel like it's trying to be like you know um like needlessly sort of provocative like it feels like there is substance there i just like it, it, this movie is really like there's a lot to unpack and it's kind of unclear like what has an answer and what doesn't and so it is kind of just like it's hard to like kind of suss out like okay this is what this means this is what this doesn't it, it, yeah i guess there's like upon a first viewing especially like not being of an age or place in life where it's like let's talk you know like let's like watch this movie a bunch of times and unpack it it just what didn't doesn't quite do that it, it's a perfect like intro movie to like yes yeah, i understand you know, bigger like, movies but what do you what do you want out of it for everything to be so 
Like, I'm just saying that's like a nice detail because like Frank drops her off and we know that Donnie has just woken up and like started sleepwalking where he encounters Frank. So it's nice to know that they're both like out late at night on that same night. Uh And it doesn't need to be like all explanatory. They're all just like details of the story. Would you agree that this movie lacks... The, a sort of factor to it and I will say like a finessing quality where this movie could have used like another pass it feels like just generally speaking about like kind of like just weaving things maybe in a way that's like just a, a degree more cohesive and of one thing like because it just feels like yes it works and it, it there is like a, a you know it's in con- all the elements are in concert with one another but it's like lacking in like one more degree of just like oh now it makes sense it clicks like it's it like works but it's like missing this like one other thing that just doesn't quite click that other great movies in this sort of genre have sure this is not to be compared with the great movies of this genre mm-hmm. it, it Really, I think that it has a an absolute c- cohesive vision. Yes, I, I would argue that I, I would agree with you that the story could use a little bit more cohesion, but it's not like egregious. I don't think that's fine. That's fair. That's fair. And I can feel myself like the 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 main contentions I have with this movie are not helped by the fact that this is not like my cup of tea in general. So it's like right. I, I, I am I'm yeah predisposed to kind of let's, just like not like it. Let's let's get in let's yeah. let's get into our categories because I feel like uh-huh. you're 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 holding back a little bit. First of all, MVP of this movie. Do you have a clear cut MVP for this uh, film? I, I I wrote Mad World by Tears for Fears, the like closing like song. Like I feel like that's like the that's like identified with this movie. That's a really nice moment and like when stuff really kind of like it's an it's it's like the moment of the movie for me where it reveals its hand i think this is like the iconic moment of the movie it's a really great song it's identified and synonymous with the movie i'm gonna say mad world by tears for fears um okay how about how about you well who you who or what do you have mvp i have a i have a similar answer and that's the the music supervisor okay film yeah which has has two listed uh manish raval and tom wolf and uh that's sort of a, a a general answer because like the way the music my point is that the music works really well with this movie. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Both the 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 songs they licensed, mm-hmm. the way those scenes are edited with those songs, and the way the the score mixes in with the vibe of the music. Mm-hmm. This also is a, a kudos to the editor and to the director, but I think that that's really the strong strong one of the strongest points of this movie which also has a really strong cast mm-hmm. um, so that would have been another option yeah to, like the casting director i could or the, i could get behind uh, that for a few sure. of the single a few of the a few uh, of the single performances we see so mm-hmm. um yeah shout out to that i think we have similar take on that yeah all right the moment you've been waiting for this is why we can't have nice things what start start hitting me with it what is really um really egregiously not working in this movie in your opinion so i'm gonna i'm gonna kind of like double down on generally speaking the biggest glaring detriment of this movie is the the 
disparate qualities of it. Like, the, so I'll, let's use the Patrick Swayze story character storyline for as an example. What is this? Like, I don't, I don't like, and I'm not asking that like rhetorically, like in anger. I'm just like, what, what is this? Like, so, it, so in this like kind of climactic sequence of the Patrick Swayze storyline, Donnie is in a movie theater and like is visited by Frank. A moment that I dug. It's like it's a cool moment, and I think like one of the best of the movie. However, Donnie, while this movie is playing, goes and like orchestrates and uh, like just straight up arson on this guy's house. Okay. And then like is back in time for the movie to end and his girlfriend just to sort of like just in time for her to like wake up and not, you know, have seen that he left. I'm like, okay, let's, uh, I guess like just suspend our disbelief in the reality of the movie that is like, it, it, that reads as like a glaring sort of like laziness in regards to, to, to plot. But like, so Donnie burns down this guy's house and apparently like the arson or whodunit quality of like who burned down this guy's house is, is just moot because they found kitty porn. I phrase, I call it child pornography. I mean, it's like a, I mean, it's a horrible thing, but it's like kitty porn. Everyone calling it kitty porn in the movie is also like, why is it like the, like, why are they like the adults? That's what they called it in the eighties. I guess. But it's like, they All find, right. they find child pornography. It's like, what? I don't understand. Like, it's like, okay, it's supposed to be this, like, you know the 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 um religious zealot teacher is like it's this is supposed to represent because like she idolizes this person and it's revealed that like the thing she idolizes is like evil in and of itself therefore like what is evil is like maybe like kind of the the like message of it it just felt like so out of left field and like aggressive that it's like what 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 was that about like it really I did not. All right, like let it. me. You're too many things. Too many things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too many yeah, complaints yeah. with within one component of the movie <laughs> yeah, yeah. from you right now. <laughs> yeah. The um, all right, the movie theater thing. It's like I feel like that's a little bit nitpicky because that is, this is like that within is. a genre. Fine. It's like you could also say like, how is no one else at this movie the week before Halloween or like yes, uh, uh, like yes. a million things. Like how is Donnie like not run over by this car, like laying in the middle, like sleeping in the middle of this road. Anyway. Sure. Okay. Um, okay. The Patrick, all good. All good. The Patrick nitpick. Swayze thing is like, I feel like it goes back a little bit to the Holden Caulfield vibe. And the reason that probably so many 16 year olds really identified with this movie, like Donnie's like somehow smarter than all of the adults. And Donnie is like understanding how, He's beginning to understand, like many 16-year-olds do, how complex the world is. Mm -hmm. But at the at the same time, in school, he is being forced down this like black and white ethos yeah. that everything is either fear or love, and and so it's like a rejection of of that. Um, okay. So maybe not fully developed. Maybe not like um, maybe given too much screen time given that it's not a true theme of this film mm -hmm. but at the same time i i don't think it's like totally just like random and pointless i i, I okay that's good that's a nice that's a nice summation and i can buy that i can buy that yeah uh, yeah okay right. maybe unnecessary though maybe one too many scenes with patrick swayze maybe the 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 um 
the assembly scene. It's like, we get it, Donnie. It's okay. You like, you don't need to go off on the microphone on him. So I think you're barking up like the right tree, but it's like not really something that even gets close to ruining the movie for me, which is what this category is sort of about. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and that's fine. It also like kind of represents the, the, what I referenced earlier, and I, I think this will read, but like it, this movie reminds me of Magnolia now that we're talking about it, where it's like there's a reason that I feel like Magnolia doesn't like you don't hear Magnolia talked about all that much. And like, I think it's the same reason of. The, uh, 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 <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I feel like you alluded to this and I let it go before, but it's I, I mean, I feel like you're like insinuating that Magnolia is not like a good movie. I don't personally like Magnolia very much at all. I, I like it to, and, and it's a very specific in a very specific way that reminds me of this where it feels like it's like we have all these like different we have all these different strands, great. Like all these different like storyline strands and it's like but it's like doesn't it almost feels like they're working against each other in terms of telling a like coherent full story. And like this like Patrick Swayze like fits his character and his storyline fits right into Magnolia where it's like what like okay these are all like hyper specific things and it feels like a from a different movie um and so like the I guess the larger point I'm making is I feel like there's a reason why like Magnolia and Donnie Darko I feel like are on the same plane of type of movie where it's like look they have a very they have a very um constructive and meaningful place in like movies but I think we can all agree as a society, these are not one of the greats. Okay. <laughs> you love Magnolia? I feel like you're being like, I think Magnolia is like a tremendous movie. I wouldn't like put it on like masterpiece uh-huh. quality, but I think uh-huh. like when you do the 99, when we do the 99, the much anticipated 99 episode uh-huh. magnolia will be on on my top five holy shit right okay now. i gotta rewatch magnolia, and pta but like i love PTA, pta is like i love pta a, a modern a modern agree a modern master agreed and, uh, agreed and this is and magnolia is like a, a like a really ambitious and good movie that i agree maybe doesn't like hit every note but I feel like you're being like I don't really like the Nick Adams stories by Hemingway because it has a little too much Gatsby in it and it's like what are you talking about dude you're like comparing your like criticism is like tying Donnie Darko to like what I feel like is pretty much a an objectively great movie which is Magnolia so maybe there's a huge disconnect going on here but I think the average uh, moviegoer is like Magnolia is awesome uh okay I mean, I'll I'll buy that I'm like maybe in the minority in like how I I really don't like Magnolia. Granted, I'm due for a rewatch, but I will say this: it's that what I'm saying is is that like the reason my 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 the thing I I I dislike about Donnie Darko the most is the same thing that I dislike about Magnolia, where it feels like it's like why is this part of this? Like what, what, this feels like a different movie. Now I understand that like, I'm maybe stretching this here because that there is a a big difference between these two. These are two very different movies, but the the thing that unites them to me is like, it's a very specific type of thing that I I'm disliking about Donnie Darko that I'm identifying with Magnolia as well. It's a very, it's hard to think of a different movie that like has the quality where it's just like, 
it, it's just it's too it's like it's like this is I'm feel, it's just disparate things. It feels like it needs another pass on it. Um, and we can get into this okay. when we talk about Magnolia, but like yes, ambitious, but ambitiousness does not a good movie make. But okay, yeah, that's a different conversation. All right. Well, I guess my main point is not that your 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 um, reaction to Donnie Darko is wrong, but it's just not that convincing <laughs> when you compare it to like <laughs> we're 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 beating this horse. I think. No, I mean Understood. this is this I, is. I don't think you're totally wrong here, but I it's not an it's not an issue. I I have uh, even aside from like the tone of this movie, which we've established that is not my cup of tea. I feel like the story itself doesn't like like justify like even the genre qualities of this movie. Like it just doesn't quite do it for me. I understand it, it just like it, it's like a movie I could see like it's just it has its place, but people outgrow it is the way I feel about this movie. You're not you're not wrong about it. If there is a shortcoming to the movie, it does lie in its in its story, mm-hmm. and it almost feels like they missed like three shoot days. Like there's just like a couple more elements that are. I like that. And I agree with you about sure. that. Sure, sure. I mean that's that's what I got for. I mean otherwise we're just getting into like smaller nitpicky things of this is why we can't have nice things. That's like that's my, that's my beef with this movie. Is just like the the disparate nature of it it feels like we're missing just a like a connector of everything my this is why we can't have nice things Uh is the um the quick three second shot of the hallway flooded like the vision donnie has yeah 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 the flooded hallway yeah which is like really crappy 2001 cgi like or not like just like a completely painted image Uh and the reason is that I actually think the the sparsely used effects in this movie, mm-hmm. while it may not be up to 2021 standards, are pretty good. Yeah. Um, I think the scene in the bathroom when him and Frank have that, like, force field between them yeah. is, like, used sparingly and just for a moment and kind of works. And I kind of mm-hmm. think the whole, like, black hole cloud thing, mm-hmm. like is sort of stylistically dated. So I, and the same with the, like the, the vectors coming out of their chests. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like it all is like, yeah, that, that I don't, that doesn't bother me. Yes. That's a fair fair point. Yeah. This one CGI scene is like, yeah, horrible. Yeah. It's like, how did that make the cut and unnecessary? Like you're fine. You don't need to see that vision. Right. 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 Now I'm with you there for sure. And it's also that is a good point where it's like it's like that is a rare line to walk where the effects of it are dated, but also don't get in the way largely legacy slash talking point. I I think that this is like the sort of the quintessential um, cult film of of our growing up time of our of like the last 30 years. And I think in the sense of its of its. Um, it's afterlife from its theatrical release. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like we're sort of exiting the time of cult films the way the internet works now, the way that things are directly released on on Netflix. Um, it seems like something like Donnie Darko would have like a simultaneous, now it would have like a small theatrical release. It'd be released on some VOD platform. Mm-hmm. And then immediately like it could find its cult it could find yeah. its like subgroup. Yeah. And so it's just like 
less unique. I think we're sort of at the tie at the end of cult films as they had been established in the last hundred years of cinema. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of interesting where Donnie Darko falls in it towards the towards the the sunset of of the classic cult film structure. Yeah. Life. Yeah. Generally speaking, I think that's like really true. And that's a really interesting point. And it's also like a, a perfect time to like bring up that it's like well documented that this movie almost didn't have a theatrical release and was almost uh, set to debut on stars and be like an on demand movie, which is like, I don't know that that necessarily hurts. It's like, you know, cult status. Cause it, it's, I mean, I think as long as it gets like a, I, the, the main thing is like if it, if it did or did not get a DVD release because it was released on stars is kind of like what, what sort of like changes the trajectory of its status as a cult movie. I think you're, I think you're right. That's a really interesting point that I haven't thought about in terms of like the, the, the nature and like what makes a cult movie. And I think one of the ingredients certainly is what we talked about earlier where it's like, it's like, it's brain candy. It's like, um, kind of hard to find so it has this sort of like uh uh demand for it uh yeah it's like if a movie is easily accessible easily rewatchable and easily like picked apart and discussed and information about it is readily available i think by and large for sure hurts uh, a movie's potential to be like a cult movie it's interesting though because i do think that maybe the definition or like what makes a cult movie is like changing but i do feel like cult movies still exist because it's like by definition broadly a cult movie is like a movie that didn't find a huge mainstream following but has a really devoted fan base following which is like that still exists it's just it's just like slightly different from like what it was 20 years ago sure yeah and it's it i think there's a wide um definition of what a cult movie is Mm -hmm. I, i guess what i'm gravitating towards here is like a poor showing in a theatrical release yeah and then years later somehow becoming like a household thing a lot like Mm -hmm. we were talking about with before sunrise Mm -hmm. and just the nature of streaming services it seems like in the future cult films are going to follow a different path yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. and there's like a romance to like a movie like being like yes came out like you know so so many years ago and like no one saw it in theaters but like you know, check this out. It's really great. Where as opposed to like what it is now where it's like, Hey, check out this like underseen Netflix thing. You know, that's like, has a lot less romance to it. Right. Yeah. That's a good call. Yeah. And it, I mean, yeah, this is the, I would say if not the quintessential cult movie of our generation, it's certainly top three. Like it is like the, and to kind of put, I I don't know, put like a fine point on it. I think like the reason that is, is because it has, it's a per, it has the perfect elements to be like an introductory movie to like bigger concepts in movies where it has like the in is like the main character is like an angsty teen and it's like that's the age you're at when if you're going to discover bigger movies that's the age you're going to do it so you you have this immediate in and it's relatability it's about a kid who's like kind of like the subtext of it is, is like a like a kid coming into adulthood like coming of age and like realizing that the world is like fucked up and not this like perfect easy black and white thing that you know he's been raised to believe it that's super relatable i think as a as a teen and the fact that it's like this like you know wait what's happening here science fiction brain candy is like perfect recipe for how this movie came to be uh an enduring cult classic this movie has a lot of hooks yes. and it can yes. and it and it, it and it makes sense um, again, talking about being 15 to 20, watching it for the first time, it makes sense how you can, a lot of people can get caught by, yes. by some of these hooks. For sure. For sure. I don't mean to be like a cynical uh, kind of 34 year old talking about Donnie Darko. 
No, for for sure. And I, I, but like I said at the top of this, I, I anticipated this mm-hmm. reaction from you, which a week ago before I had rewatched it, I wouldn't have. But a, upon a, a a closer viewing, it was like, yeah, I feel like Nick and I should have watched this when we were at nineteen. You yeah. know, and yeah. it's not gonna it's not gonna really punch anymore yeah. as a thirty four year old yeah. seeing it for the first time. So for sure, for sure, this is um. You know, usually I would ask, uh, does this uh, change anything about your top five? But for the first time, I don't think we're spoiling anything by, you know, lifting the curtain up behind the Wizard of Oz a little bit. But we are doing this episode prior to our 2001. We're, we are mm-hmm. recording this episode prior to our 2001 yeah. episode. So I thought it'd be kind of fun, like, because, like, do you have your top five from 2001? I don't, but I'm pretty sure this will be in it. You're pretty sure this will be in it? Yes. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. I thought I thought it would not be and therefore we could just like record or record ourselves being like, "So, is do you change your top 5 based on this?" But the fact that that's in there, then yeah, we have to be kind of we have to reveal our hand and say that we are recording this before the uh 2001 in film. Okay. Or we can just pretend. So, Nick, uh mm-hmm. after this viewing, do you think uh this would make your top 5? Uh, it remains number one for me. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) no, I, uh, it does not crack, but I, but I do, I I do feel like I, I I do want to be clear that I, I, I am kind of being a cynical, I have been a cynical 34 year old. Uh, so had I seen this in my, in my impressionable teenage years, I think I would have unquestionably had like a softer spot for this movie. Um, Max has it changed its ranking for you. I don't. I don't have my ranking yet, so this is a little bit <laughs> difficult to do. But I, feel I think like you it's started in my top as, five. I feel like you started that as a bit, and then as I like took it seriously, you're like, no, 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 no please stop. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's as crappy as a movie as Magnolia for me. So I'll just leave it at that. This is. I mean, this makes me excited for 99 now because, and truthfully, Magnolia is one I have not seen since college because it is like kind of like it's like a juggernaut length and. Uh, I remember just like kind of being like not super warm on it, but so I'll be a good rewatch for whenever we do 99. Well, with all this said, thank you so much for listening. Please hit the subscribe button on your podcast player. And if you have a moment and enjoy the show, leave us a good review. It goes a long way to allow us to continue to make these episodes, which we're both enjoying a Mm -hmm. lot. We'd love to hear from you. If you agree with us, disagree with us, if your own hot take, send us an email or voice memo to the Oscar12 at gmail.com. And if we think you're onto something, we'll play it on an oncoming episode. And finally, if you have a film you'd like us to talk about, specifically from 2001, please shoot us an email and let us know why you love or hate this movie, and we will consider it for an upcoming deep dive. Nick, yes. as usual, it's been real. It's been great. It has been real. All right, man. I'm gonna be on. I'm gonna be on set next week. Yeah. Um, so you'll be on your own, but uh, I can't wait to listen. Yeah, and uh, we'll be talking soon.